You refuse to act. And because you have not done so, your whole community has gone into shambles. It's the Going Out Podcast with the Rabbit Critic and Muse. What's going on? That sample that you heard is uh, from nothing in particular. I didn't take that dialogue from anything. I just made that up. This is, I don't even know what accent that was. But the random reason why I decided to do that was because I was thinking of... Um, do you remember that song, Summer Nights, by uh, Lil Rob? I can't say I do. You know, ain't nothing like them summer nights. Hit the chop on top, all the girls looking hot. Hit the little and we just don't stop. Party until the morning like, hey! Ain't nothing like them summer nights. Never heard of it? Summer nights, summer nights. <laughs> And it sounds like this really, like, ghostly sample of something. Ugh. And I remember looking it up and then just being like, no, that's not from anything. We just kind of wanted to make it sound like it was a sample. And I was just like, holy shit. But it's like, it sounds so sample-like that it's just like, it's gotta be from something else. You know what I mean? I'm just over here in the middle of, uh, I don't know how things are out in your neck of the woods, but oh. I, I'm I'm just like in one of the last remaining shacks standing in the wake of the fast food fried chicken war of 2019 <laughs> it's taken countless dude uh, it's not a joke <laughs> it it's fucking real out here dude it is scary the block is hot and so is the fast food fried chicken grease dude. darren it's fucking i've never seen it this crazy you remember in We Didn't Start the Fire. Uh-huh. By, by Billy Joel. Where, where are you going with this? Remember? I'm going to talk about the Boondocks episode. What's happening right now? You remember how the whole song, he's like mentioning all these really notable people throughout history, all these really important things that happened. But the thing he ends on is Rock and Roller Cola Wars. I can't take it anymore. Yeah. Like... JFK, blown away. Ah, whatever. Bay of Pigs, who fucking cares? Watergate? It's a drop in the bucket compared to when Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson were hawking different cola brands. Oh my god, you know, that actually, now that you've added a little bit more context, I completely understand. I mean, look, what, you had that and then you had Max uh, Headroom trying to tell you to catch the new wave. Look, you don't know where to go, man. All these different... Uh, very influential, you know, brands are are trying to talk to you, and it feels like their messages are compelling. In addition to it being back to school, back to school, proving my dad that I'm not a fool, we've got Popeyes coming out with their chicken sandwich, rivaling the Chick-fil-A number mm -hmm. one. Oh, we've yes, got, yes, yes. We've got Chick-fil-A coming out with their own mac and cheese. And we've got Wendy's p bringing up the rear, bringing back the spicy nugs. Now, where do you go? Every place has All cars right. drove around the building and it's officially turned into fucking Mad Max beyond Thunderdome out here. It's a fucking wasteland. I say everyone should go get their Wendy's spicy McNuggets. Go get them. Please enjoy, especially if you are in my immediate area, because I tried to get these goddamn fucking Popeye's uh, 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 chicken sandwiches twice, and each time there was like a line of like goddamn 10 people. It's insanity. Well, this is what I call relatable content. Who can relate? Because who out there listening right now in the off-going universe hasn't tried to get their hands on a fucking Popeye's chicken sandwich only to realize, oh, they're way too busy, and had to go with a second choice, most likely Zaxby's. Which isn't the worst thing in the world? Oh, hell, get the fuck out of here. I'm not going to no goddamn Zaxby's. Tell Zaxby's to shut the fuck up. They... What? <laughs> okay, look. I put out that fucking, oh, look out for us. It's like, ain't nobody talking about you. <laughs> this is a funny thing that I don't know how many people saw this, because it's kind of a regional thing. I think you'll get what I'm laying down. Did you happen to see that Bojangles tried to chime in? I didn't see that. Bojangles posted a picture of their uh, Cajun filet biscuit and was like, eh? Uh -huh. Eh? And I'm not even exaggerating. 
they had to delete the tweet because they uh, got roasted so oh, fucking hard. Oh, oh no! <laughs> they massacred my boy. Lover, over an hour, 18 track album by Taylor Swift. The fucking tour day force. Tour to farts is more like <gasps> it. <laughs> hey, thank you. I'm gonna throw it over to you because I'm curious what what your takes, what your takeaway on this album, because very rarely people who have been listening to us for a while now will know we very rarely talk about the pop albums. We did it with Ariana Grande. Yeah. And I don't think I've actually reviewed a uh, Taylor Swift album. I don't think I've listened to an entire Taylor Swift album before. 1989 had, had some catchy singles, so I was like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll give it a go. And it wasn't the worst thing. Well, like we did Madonna once. We did Lady Gaga oh, yeah. once. Uh-huh. I think that's about Interesting it. Interesting that you bring up Lady Gaga, actually. Taylor Swift is someone who's really trying to ally themselves with oh. the LGBT community right now. Yes. And Lady Gaga is, I feel, someone who, especially as someone who's, like, growing up, like, in high school when she really hit, like... I, like, I remember at first, you know, I wasn't really, like, I was like, I was cool on her, I wasn't really okay with her, you know, like, it was whatever, whatever, you know, and then I remember, like, just seeing how much there, like, love there was from the LGBT community for her, you know what I mean, and I, like, started to see, like, her impact and what she was doing, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, like, I can respect what she's doing more now, but, like, she did that off the jump, off the rip. This is how I feel about this album, and it feels the same way how I feel about her trying to inject these messages. It feels like a half measure. So mm. you get the first song, I Forgot That You Existed. And I wanted yes. to specifically say this because I'd already listened to the album one way through. And today I'm, you know, like I'm listening to it the second time and really, you know, getting analytical. And I look at the very first song title and like it's called I Forgot That You Existed. And I just immediately roll my eyes. <laughs> just like just the fucking pomposity of this fucking title. You know, just the, the the fucking okay. I stopped caring. I totally don't care, you guys. I really, really, really don't care. I so don't care. I wrote a whole song about how I don't care. It's just like do you not? get the like does she think she's Carly Simon out this bitch does she think she's like flipping one on you you know being ironic you know because it's just like this isn't working because it actively sounds like you really do care about me not caring you know what I mean you like you really want this person to hear that you don't care it's that type of shit you know I thought you were gonna say that you already listened to the album one time through and then you came and revisited it and saw the first track and and said out loud, I forgot that you existed because it's not a very memorable <laughs> song. I will say, um, I actually don't mind that first track uh, all that much. You sent me a clear message, taught me some hard lessons. I just forgot what they were. It's all just a blur. I forgot that you existed. And I just thought like, for, like okay, so this is track one. And the, at the very beginning, you're saying, like, I went through something really hard, and I'm literally forgetting the lessons that I learned. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> like, this is like the end of Pokemon, the first movie, <laughs> where it's oh. like, you know, I'm sending you back to your normal lives. But in order to do that, I have to erase your memories. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> the only issue I had with this track, honestly, is that it's not really that strong of a track to open the album. I guess if you're trying to use this as a sort of, uh, like, well, I'm closing that door, we're moving on, it's like, okay, but if that's the song you're gonna write, it's gonna have to be a little more impactful. Like, what we got here is a pretty minimal uh, instrumental, to say the least. Despite it being a kind of unassuming, uh, underwhelming track, I liked how quirky it was. I liked that it kind of had a carefree, silly feel. I really liked the way it ended. The, uh, so, yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. that was cute. You know, I liked that. Okay. I was like, look, if you inject any sort of personality into a track, like, that automatically wins a points in my book. Is that if you're trying to give it that little something extra because a lot of people are just going to do fucking paint by numbers. So if you're not going to do that, if you're actually going to put more into it, then I think you're already uh, one step ahead of the rest of the game. So let's get to track number two. Yes. Which is a song that I really like called Cruel Summer. 
I fucking love Cruel Summer. <laughs> so I'm Dude, like- I, I'm not even exaggerating. This is going into a fucking pop playlist like yesterday. Dude, I'm feeling like the fucking Shaq album right now. The first song, I was just like, I hate this. And then the second song is just like, oh my goodness, this is not what I expected from <laughs> this album. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, this album, in my opinion, uh, spoiler, is a bit front-loaded. It gets all, in my opinion, it gets the really good songs out of the way really early, and then just kind of, it just kind of falls apart. Um, oh, what are you, wait, wait, hold on a minute, let's back up, let's back up. So mm. you're telling me you're feeling the man? No. <laughs> no, <Are> you f- <laughs> dude, I, I'm telling you, that, that fucking fall off that cliff was really, really sharp. Um, <laughs> I, I forgot that you existed, Cruel Summer and Lover. Three in a row, those, I really, I really like Cruel Summer and Lover. I forgot oh, that you existed. I Lover at all. Ooh. I can kind of take. I forgot that you existed. Lover is so good. I really like that. Really? One. It, it's, no, it's, it's cute. It's it. sweet. If the country radio stations weren't such petty assholes, this could possibly play on a country radio station if they would have her back. But they're gonna act like, you know, they were betrayed. The fucking betrayal. What betrayal? I really like the writing on it. It's, again, it's very personable. It's very down-to-earth. I really like that part towards the end where it's like the ladies and... I like that part. There's a thing about Cruel Summer and Lover that um, I'm realizing the tropes of Taylor Swift that I actually like. Going back to Cruel Summer for just a second. The line in particular, the devils roll the dice, angels roll their eyes, is textbook taylor swift she has some good ass fucking lyrics yo i wasn't expecting that actually at some points the dope ass light 80s synth that had that like you know what i'm saying that whole vibe that was going on a cruel summer right and like i was feeling that and then in the second verse when she says the hang your head low in the glow of the vending machine and you hear the metal voice like it just like it just really transported me to that time you know what i mean like the music just really matched the lyrics you know and just like delivering that feeling you know what i mean there's a very romantic comedy first single soundtrack sound that Taylor Swift has. And I don't, I think I just don't like that as much. It's just too treacly for me. It, for me, it ventures into the Chance the Rapper territory. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, I can see that. Now, I, I, I do like it when she gets more interesting. Like you said, when she has the little things at the end of uh, track one. Or when, yeah, when she has a little interesting uh, lyric like that. But I hear like the lyrics of Lover and they just seem a little too like, too normie to me i don't know like okay the first lyric she says we could leave the christmas lights up till january and i'm just like i don't know that's not a very long time you know like, that's true <laughs> you know and then it's like this but it's like she especially like goes like this is our place we make the rules so it's just like she's just accentuating like aren't we being rebels it's just like i don't know man i've had christmas tree lights up till like summer See, I think if you were like, what we we leave the Halloween decorations up yeah, till January, know, uh, that like, would that okay. would get you some of those uh, um, Blink One Eighty Two, you know, I miss you points, you know. Ah, <laughs> we got Halloween and Christmas. You're living like Jack and Sally, if you want uh, to. You can't tell me that shit ain't the pinnacle of romance of the two thousands. <laughs> <laughs> now that's romantic. <laughs> Again, the one-two punch of the sobering. Uh, soon you'll get better. Oh, oh, man. Featuring Dixie Chicks. Ooh. She fucking played the Dixie Chicks right. card, and it, it was super effective. <laughs> you fucking went there. Maybe not using them to their full potential, but See, you know it, what? Another thing I had a problem with, right? <laughs> For what they did, I thought they added something. Maybe not as much as I would have liked, but I get that, you know... It's a song about your mom not doing so well in the hospital. So maybe you don't want to, you know, it doesn't have to sound like me is what I'm trying to say. You know how it's it's okay if it's a bit more reserved. And if Taylor is front and uh, front and center, I mean, it is her mom. I doubt I doubt her mom is like, oh, I like that song, but I really wish you I wish I could have heard uh, yeah, the Dixie Chicks more. Yeah. 
But see, here's my thing. Here's my thing. I, I loved the lyrics in the chorus where, where she just goes like, you'll get better soon because you have to. The way that works is heart-wrenching. That is perfect every time, and especially... The fucking sigh at the one point. Mm-hmm. Oh, That God. works. That hits. Mm. And then she has one specific lyric where she says, like, now, again, for context, this whole album has been about me, 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 and I'm the good oh, person yeah. here. And, and then there's this one lyric where she says, and I hate to make this all about me. <laughs> I was like, God damn it, you broke the illusion. I need the Dixie Chicks to tell her, maybe leave that line out. And I need some people in the studio to tell Taylor, this doesn't need to be 18 tracks. Like, okay, look, there is some serious fat that could have been trimmed off this album. And in my opinion, these are the worst tracks. Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. Oh my god, that can go! That can go! Look. That way. There's a thing. <laughs> yeah, that way. There's two themes on this album. The first one is, apparently a lot of these songs are about the guy she's in a relationship with now. Knowing that doesn't really add to the overall song exactly. like enjoyment I would say for songs like Lover where I I just want to get It's not important. Real quick where she just goes like it just leads up to you're my lover. Like I I I'm sorry I, I like just think the that's sound just kind of, of that. flat where it's just like oh, I don't know I, I feel it. like there should have been like a sweet pet name or something like that. But uh, it's just I'll save you a seat lover. It's like part of it has a weird tongue in cheek charm. Just like the overall waltziness of it, just like mm. the the tone well, she's it's singing. It's the wedding, it. you know, uh, feel of it, you know. Oh yeah, but part of it also kind of sounds like very lofty and yes, like very airy. Like I can almost picture the guy she's singing it to almost getting uncomfortable because it's too much. <laughs> I remember she had one lyric in particular on that song where she goes like. I'll be over dramatic and true. And I was like, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute, wait. <laughs> like, that just felt uncharacteristic for, like, that word specifically felt uncharacteristic for this song that was supposed to be so sweet. And then she's just like, and then I'll be over dramatic, and, but I'll be true to you. And it's like, what? where'd that one come from? I mean, right. it, it, it's realistic anyway. It's honest. <laughs> the other theme is school. And when Taylor Swift was talking about, you know, uh, she wears high heels, I'm in sneakers, and all that. It was like, yeah, okay, because you're, like, not even, like, 18 yet, or you're maybe 18, so that shit worked mm. back then. But there's multiple songs on this album where she's like, oh, I tripped and fell in the school hall, and you put... It's like, okay, look, stop that right now. And on <laughs> Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, you're doing this, like cheerleader call and response and it's so annoying i don't know why you're doing that but the overall thing about miss americana and the heartbreak prince is that mm. it tries to do two things it tries to be the it tries to be the love song but it's also the me and you against the world type song because the lyrics be them vague um <laughs> With uh, mentions of blue waves and uh, the good guys are crying as the bad guys are laughing. And it's like, this is Taylor's attempt at like a political satire song. Oh, was that what she was going for? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. I, I heard something that almost sounded political when I was just like, I don't know. Nah, she can't be going for that because again, she's not committing enough no, for it to work. That's again, the problem. The, the whole problem with this album is that she's not committing enough. Like, I just feel like I don't know. Having the Dixie Chicks on here felt like a very sort of like, huh? Remember what happened to the Dixie Chicks, right? Huh? And I'm speaking out, you know, on this album, huh? It, it's given her points in the blue states, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, now I'm not going to use them to speak out against anything very overt like back then, because, oh my God, <laughs> you know, when they spoke out too much. You know, ooh. But I will put the words Equality Act that you might miss, you know, uh, the one second they're there. <laughs> That's the thing, is the oversimplification of, uh, of politics on Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince, as well as you need to calm down with the can you just not like, it's so easy to just walk up to a protester at a fucking 
at a pride parade and just go, hey, can you just, like, cut that out? And they'll totally listen. Well, I mean, I was hoping we were talking about the opposite of that. (laughs) I thought you were saying, like, it would be not effective to go up to a, uh, you know, hate rally, you know, like the uh, um, Ah. Unite the Right and be like, hey, guys, can you just not? It's like, that's not going to work, Taylor. (laughs) I think either way, you're going to get have something thrown at you. And it's not going to be a milkshake. It's going to actually be something deadly. The other songs that have similar or slightly higher ratings are um it's nice to have a friend yeah i did like that one i like it was like a you liked that one yeah i i thought it was all right i'm talking about the ones with the lowest ratings what what did you say it's nice to have a friend like it was okay for what it was you know what i mean like i think it was like it was very sparse on lyrics you know what i mean but it was just kind of like all right for the atmosphere that that was doing I, i didn't hate it you know there's things in this album she tries to do like uh, going back to another song that had a pretty low rating from me. I think he knows. Yep, that was another one I wasn't feeling. Uh, I really liked the instrumental, but it sounded like she was trying to go for like a cutesy Carly Rae Jepsen type vibe. Again. But that's that's not her yeah. thing. Man. Like t- Taylor has a very specific thing she does pretty well. I'll give her credit. But when she tries to go and do these other things, and it's like, I can tell this might not be your comfort zone. And that extends to the singing and performance on the album. Because there's a lot of times in this album where she's, like, shoehorning in words to fit lines. Like, it's kind of awkward. Wait, yeah, I forget exactly. Example? Yeah, yeah. I forget, I forget where it was, but there was one where she, like, she fucking hit that fast-forward button to fit a line in, in, uh, in one of the bars, I was like, oh, just oh, barely made it. Other songs that had really low ratings would be London Boy. Oh my god, I couldn't fucking stand it. Dude, again, uh, you know, she's from Tennessee. He's from uh, jolly old England. Uh, but she's about to find out, you know. Uh, this Limey's a little sweet or some dumb shit like that. Uh, <laughs> why, why did you have to start with the Idris Elba James Corden sample? What was that? Wait, what was that? Yeah, what was that? It was a clip from, I guess, the James Corden show or whatever. And they're like, they're just talking. And it's like, oh, you want to get on my bike? And we could like, um, and it just cuts off. And it's like in mid-sentence. It's not even a whole sentence. What was that about? What was it doing there? It didn't add anything. Yeah, I thought it was from like the last track or something like that. And maybe something cut off, you know? I, I have no idea what yeah because i remember looking was. at my phone and being like wait what happened <laughs> <laughs> you think another app is open you, you fucking yeah. check if youtube tried to interrupt oh and when she says the boy i fancy you oh okay <laughs> again this isn't like this isn't your thing taylor yeah, right like, like why it's like you be like love please no <laughs> Yeah, just mm, <laughs> fucking polite smiles all around. <laughs> I think it was a very poor choice to have me as a leading single. Like, this is the first thing you're going to hear from this album. Then giving you, uh, you need to calm down when fucking Cruel Summer should have been. Oh, Imagine- yeah, Cruel Summer, yes. Most Imagine how definitely. excited people would have been if it was like, hey, Taylor Swift's back. And not only is it not like Reputation anymore, and fucking It's Goddamn Cruel Summer, that song is undeniable. It's Dude, so fucking catchy. It's everything she, I like about Taylor Swift and like none of the shit I don't like. If she would have put out Cruel Summer and then soon you'll get better and have like, oh, snap, I brought out the fucking Dixie Chicks, that, that would have fucking snapped. Instead, you got me, then you need to calm down. And then apparently the third song released was The Archer? We're tiptoeing around the man. And let's just fucking get that out of the way. This goddamn if I were a boy bullshit. Oh my god. Like, Stop it. <laughs> it's like, I get it. And it's like, you're making a lot of really good points here. Yeah, no one would be talking about your relationships and how, you know, off again, on again, all this. People wouldn't be... You know, cracking jokes about your mental state, likely, if you were a guy. We got yeah, it, but the just the verse, way yeah. it's presented exactly. is, like, 
A, this this needed to come out years ago. This would have been so much more powerful if it had other musicians on it, like other badass. That's like what I was fucking Halsey thinking, comes kinda. on the track with her fucking nightmare shit, and fucking Kesha pops up. Maybe like like all these. And it's like yeah, we're fucking taking a stand, but it's just a goddamn. It's a deep cut on this album that's never going to get radio play. No one's going to ever talk about it. They'd say I've hustled, put in all the work. They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserved. Uh, what I was wearing, if I was rude, could all be separated from my good ideas and power moves. And mm. just the way that one just lingered on. It just ends up feeling self-congratulatory instead of, like, righteous, which... Yeah, like, I agree. The first verse felt, like, righteous in the sense of, like, hey, think about this paradox. You know, and the rest of it's just like, why do people think i'm awesome more <laughs> you know for the rest of it it's just like I just, uh, yeah. like you're tipping into kanye territory here with the archer with this song that sounds like you're waiting the entire time for a drop that just never comes it sounded like the stranger things theme you know it, it, it reminded me of wildest dreams oh yeah you i can see I that mean? but at least, wild, at least wildest at least that had like more interesting parts though like, nothing happened here, and it's extremely repetitive. There was one part, okay, so in the in the entire scope of the album, when you think about the fact that it's very, like, you know, it's it's a very Drake-ish type album. In fact, doesn't she drop his name at one point? There's one lyric in here that was kind of like the heart of uh, what I felt like the album was. If this were done through a more uh, better self-reflecting lens, I guess I could say, where she says, um... But, like, uh, this in lyric in particular kind of felt like it was kind of cut into the heart of it, you know, where she says, because uh, they see right through me, and she keeps repeating it, and she keeps repeating that. And then she says, do you see right through me? I see right through me. And it's just kind of like, oh, shit, it's really obvious that I am very self-conscious. And it was just like, oh, we're starting to break through to the, you know what I mean? We're starting to break through to her, but it's just like, that doesn't really play out over the rest of the album, you know what I mean? I enjoyed Paper Rings enough. It was obviously, you know, the way the lyrics are written, again, you know, if you read the very first lyrics, like, it's that romantic comedy, you know, uh, you know, paper rings, uh, coming to a theater near you, you know. It is a fucking romance. It right? is a rom-com like, They couldn't yeah. afford the, you know, the, the fancy ones, but they made a promise to each other, you know, that type of thing. The way it sounded like the production on it, how up-tempo it was and how fun and snappy it was. By the way, your boy Jack Antonoff playing every instrument on the track. So yeah, he played he like seven or eight instruments. There was a lot going on. Uh, the only problem was the least interesting thing about the track was her. Death by a Thousand Cuts. Okay, that one was weird. I, like, I, I kind of wanted to like it for how odd it was at certain points. I think that was the track, by the way, because it has the bizarre instrumental. That was the one where it had like frantic piano playing in the background, which yeah. again more interesting than the actual lyrics or anything Taylor's doing. But there's parts in the song where Taylor just sounds confused. Yeah. Like, she doesn't know how to keep up with it. <laughs> like, Jack Antonoff is her, uh, 40. Uh, is, is the Drake, you know, yeah, Taylor Swift oh, yeah. is to Jack Antonoff what Drake is to 40, you know what I mean? He's just going off and she's like, alright, alright, just trying to keep up. Jack Antonoff uh. is the DNC and Taylor Swift is Donald Trump trying to can-can dance. <laughs> <laughs> you know Bring what, that back. sums up, that sums up, <laughs> I was like, I want to root for you, because, you know, it is, you know, I feel like this is a person who's, you know, gotten some, some sort of respect, I want to give it, but it's just like, this isn't working, you know, like, I, I can't follow you on this. I think we've spent just about enough time on Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. um, what, what overall rating did you get for this album? Uh, I got a two, two and a half. And Me too, I, I got a two like, and a half. I feel like that's appropriate. <laughs> But now we're going to go into something considerably more interesting for the... We're talking about all three saturations. Yeah, and, uh... Iridescence. Yeah, and Kevin Abstract's Arizona yeah. Baby. We're at it again, back on our Brockhampton bullshit, because we're fucking completionists, reviewing, uh... Well, shit, we didn't review the goddamn... For a sound before the saturation trilogy. Yeah, Fuck. yeah, yeah. Look, look, hey, what are you what, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Someone's gonna have to request it on Kofi. But we got Ginger, the new release from Brockhampton. And I am curious. I feel like it's a running gag and people have come to expect it from this show. 
that your boys are about to butt heads. Your boys are about to get. Your boys are about to get in a goddamn. You're gonna get into a screaming match over Brockhampton. Muse loves Brockhampton too much. Darren doesn't give him. He doesn't cut him enough slack. What did you think of this album? Well, shut my mouth and call me dumb and beat me, I'm a kettle drum. The birds in all the trees are humming. Rap critic fucking loves the shit out of this fucking Brock Hampton album. <laughs> oh my god, bro. You Do you remember all the things that I said about how, like, man, like, they're saying that the, the boy band, they're saying the boy band this, but I'm like, I'm not getting out of that. Word. This fucking album, right goddamn here. Bareface, the way he was handling them goddamn hooks, the way the production was fucking chilly under these fucking rap verses. Thank you. This is what the fuck I'm I'm listening to. This is what the fuck I'm talking about. Dude, when I heard that first track and they hit me with the fucking... That sounded like... It sounded like if you took the NSYNC song Boyfriend, right? And, and you took the remix with Nelly... But then you took that remix's cooler cousin, you know what I mean, that doesn't get as much love. So, like, that's like the Ice Cube, and this is like the Del the Funky Homo Sapien, you know what I mean? That's all ah. doing its own thing, and I'm trying to see what that remix sound is all about. Do you get what I'm saying when I say all that shit, though? You know, oh, the way yeah, they have absolutely. these fucking cool-ass fucking guitar things. Like, yo, listen back to, like, If I Was Your Boyfriend, like, all right, they was, they was pumping with some, you know, little production as they went later on, you know what I mean? Like... This shit was kind of this shit was kind of fly, and that's what you know Justin Timberlake kind of spun off into you know his own thing doing you know. But it's like as I'm listening to this, it's like I hear that like it sounds so their sound their sound sounds like tamed and just sort of like just fucking concentrated, so that each song feels like this neat package that is so dope when it's delivered. Like I don't get the I don't get that feeling that I get before where it just feels like. I want to like it, but damn, it was that weird jarring thing. And it's like, and instead of complimenting it, it just feels like, well, I don't want to listen back to that again because it just feels weird to me. You know, like, that's what I got from a lot of tracks. But this, like, holy shit, like, it just felt so, boom, I listened to the first track, the first note I wrote, I was like, this is doing modern pop songs better than Taylor Swift. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what in the hell's going on right now? Now, Someone put these guys on the charts. The only place these people people have charted their singles in fucking New Zealand. I'm not gonna call you easy, uh, but I uh-oh. knew, I knew that this was this was how this was gonna go down. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that you would be gushing, and I'm over here, kind of kind kind of looking down at my shoes. Oh, kind of no! like it's, it's it's not my favorite. Can it be? <laughs> Are the legends true? It's fucking real sad boy hours. Oh, oh my god! It is... Okay, so can I say something? This is the fucking... <laughs> okay, we had we had the dude leave the group, no! forced out, whatever. And then... And I know you talked about the lore and how that's kind of important uh-huh. to Brockhampton or whatever. But just as a quick overview, when we invited Left at London on... To talk about Brockhampton, she was invited to review Puppy, the Brockhampton album that never came out because oh, yep, the yep. Amir Van oh, man. Uh, controversy and all that. So when I was listening to the um, things leading up to that, I was like, oh shit, this is going to be really dope. And I was like, okay, well, we're not getting that. It's like, okay, that sucks, but that's fine. Then those 1999, 1998 singles came out and I was like, ooh. These are really fun. I really like these. I'm looking forward to what to what's coming next. Is this what Iridescence going to sound like? No, it's not at all what the, what that's going to sound like because now they've been signed to a big label. They're over in fucking Abbey Road Studios. They're making it happen. They're living their best life, but it's going to be pretty emotional too. It's like okay, this album is the we're back in the states. We're, we're not in Abbey Road Studios anymore. We don't have that energy anymore. And the weight of the past couple years is, like, starting to fucking hit us really hard. And a lot of tracks on here deal with a lot of, like, we're just fucking bummed. And that's why a lot of the tracks are, um... They're not bangers. They don't slap so much but as much as I would so like. They feel so chilly, you know what I mean? They're so, Very like, they're chilly. so set There's... in you, I-, I feel like. And I think this album, you need to be in a specific mood for it. I don't think 
like like the saturation albums i can listen to those whenever like it's i think they're perfect they're fucking bagel bites you know saturation in the morning saturation in the <laughs> evening saturation at supper time but ginger you kind of need to be in a mood to listen to it because I mean, it's a different the experience. album cover is two people hugging each other which is two people supporting each other yeah, it's and just like, you're like hey man uh-oh. i'm here for you bro <laughs> Yeah, when they released uh, music videos leading up to the album's release, they released music videos for uh, If You Pray Right. Uh, They released one for uh, Boy Bye. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, these are the fucking another one. I'm getting. Yeah, I'm getting the vibes of the 1999. All of those. You're right. Yeah, that song is very different from the rest of the album. (laughs) And then and then. The week of the release of the album, they released the music video for No Halo. And it's like, oh. Oh, so it's not all going to be like that, huh? Surprise, bitch. Oh. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> so just starting at the top, uh, No Halo featuring uh, Deb Never. I've never heard of this person before, but they add a hell of a lot in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the chorus. And just overall singing and just like, ooh. Later on in the song, you hear the, I'm sure I'll find it, no one helped me when my eyes go red. That little, like, melody in there. Was that fucking, fucking callback, and you hear, like, the yeah. voice in the background. Ooh. That oh, was no the one where I was like, okay, this is the modern boy band right here. Ooh. Okay, I see what you're doing. It's, it's <laughs> Yeah, you definitely get the fucking chills. A lot of this album is haunting. I really like the chorus, like you're talking about. Um, I didn't think the verses from the boys were their strongest, but I thought they did fine. In fact, I enjoyed this album so much, like, I specifically was saying, like, I only want to write down a verse when I don't like it. Like, oh, that's yeah. really how much I enjoyed Like, I really enjoyed the, the places where they went, even when there were, like, little missteps. Like you mentioned before, I was very, very happy with how much Bareface there was in No Halo and Sugar uh, back-to-back. Oh, Sugar? Yo, it was sweet, bro. It was sweet. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love it, bro. Ryan Beatty, who pops up a few times uh, doing the mm-hmm. chorus. I liked hearing Bareface so much, and also uh, getting to hear him rap on one of the tracks was like, all right, look. Yeah? You're using him to his full fucking potential. I'm definitely here for that shit. (laughs) I was like, okay, is he the guy now? Is he your hook guy? Yes, let's make this happen. Ho, ho, ho. I think you know exactly what track I'm talking about. The fucking goddamn uh, headphones coming off at the end of... uh, The door slamming... Oh my god! I was not ready for Dearly Departed. When I heard the end of that song, I remember when you had said, these albums, though they're not as lyrical, though they're not as, like, you know, deeply intricate, you know, woven stuff, it's like, it feels very, you feel the energy of, this is what I had to say and I'm gonna say it. Yeah. And never did I feel that more than fucking Dearly Departed. Yeah. Jesus Christ, you know exactly what I mean. Like, every verb, like, dude, when you hear these guys speaking, it feels as if at any moment they might just, like, fucking stop the verse because it's too much. Like, and so when it happens at the end, I was just like, dude, I almost, like, you almost got that feeling of, like, wanting to follow the person. Like, hey, man, are you okay? <laughs> you know? And, and the fact that the music still goes for, like, a little bit after he fucking does that, you're just kind of sitting there with with your thoughts. Oh, just man. Like, um... And- I think it's Joba at one point does the why oh, oh the chorus heart wrenching Joba with the fucking chorus oh my god uh, dearly departed oh, got a fucking solid ass five because not only is it like incredible chorus every single verse is solid Dom who I think is kind of just the unsung hero overall of Brockhampton because he always gives you good verses you don't hear him as talked about as much as like Kevin or Joba. Or, or Merlin would. I feel like everyone was solid. In fact, oh, I was just thinking about it. You know how Kevin Abstract used to do, you know, how he does the high-pitched voice thing? Oh, and yeah. you know how I'm always kind of like, it sounds like Yolandi Visser, you know, it doesn't sound like mm. This, this is him. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this is what his sound is now. Like, I heard the, I hear the evolution and, like, the strength that he has in his voice, the confidence, you know what I mean, that's in there now. And it's just like, holy shit, like, I hear the solid unit that they are. Like, for me. Kind of like with uh, the Taylor Swift album, where it was like right in the middle of the album, it had two songs, where it had really bummer of a song with um, You'll Get Better Soon. 
followed up by oh false gods we didn't even talk about false gods oh yeah that was so weird that was kind of jarring oh i like that one but on here it's kind of the same thing because you got dearly departed and it's like oh boy wow okay followed up by i've been born again which is just it from what i'd read it was like yeah we just like sat in a room and like just bullshitted it's when you're watching a movie and things look like they're at their absolute lowest you know like oh my god things things are fucking over and then just like the no man we're gonna fucking come together and we're gonna fucking make it right and that's what i've been born again was like ooh, the it it cleansed the palette so well for the rest of the album and it was like all right look i know things got real there for a second i know you weren't really ready to hear all that because it got really fucking personal but you know you know I, I, I fucking get past like, it as, as the function, like, but we're still a group, and that's not going to be the last song on the album. That's going to be in the middle because we're still going. But what they do end up doing is, and they they do this a couple times, which I'm I'm liking this the the Brockhampton extended universe, if you will. Um, oh yeah, that, man. that you've got two tracks on the <laughs> album. Uh, Heaven belongs to you. Fucking slow tie with his solo track. Bro, like, again, I'm thinking there's like 80 members in this group, so I'm like, oh, is this just a grim member of the group that just hasn't gotten, you know, their track yet? And then you fucking end with Victor Dude. Roberts. Oh my Yo. Lord. Yo. I thought this was like the fucking flesh and bone rapper that was just like, he's always been in the group, but he was like in jail and he just got out, so, you know, oh, he's his Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, who's Victor Roberts? It's like, oh, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's him. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, the way he fucking... I can't even... You just fucking listen to it, man. <laughs> it's essentially a solo, but then you got mm. Ryan Beatty and Bareface closing out the album. Bareface, goddamn flawless. Making him a part of the group. <laughs> yeah, a fucking warm welcome. I thought it was like the fucking Capadonna, except, you know, I, I really want oh. this person to be here more. And like on the last album where uh, Jaden Smith popped up to just kind of do a couple lines, and I was like, yo, I want them to bring in folks like them who sound like them and have that same kind of energy and feel. And that's exactly what they did. It was like, hey, we're going to fucking put on some names you might not otherwise heard. Basically, we're just going to give them the fucking stage. We're not giving them a guest verse. We're giving them essentially the whole fucking song to wow you. And I know Slow Tie's song was a little short. I wish they didn't do it Boy Bye and then Heaven Belongs to You because they're both really short. I'm mad Boy Bye is short in general because that's one of my favorite tracks on the album because it, it fucking slaps. I love the fucking instrumental on that one and Bareface rapping. I remember my thing was always like, where the fuck is Merlin Wood? Yes. You know, like, that's my fucking guy. He's the ODB of the group. Uh-huh. I want to see him. So on this album, remember how I was saying, like, I didn't write down anything because I was enjoying everything so much the second time until there was something that I didn't like. And it was every time Merlin Wood said a lot of things, (laughs) like, you know, like more than like an ad lib, you know, when he was like a thing that just came in randomly, it was like, oh, shit, ah, there he is, you know, but whenever he like had time to speak, it was just like. Oh, you don't have that much to say here. Like, you can hear the energy, but it doesn't translate when he actually gets more time. Thought on Iridescence, I thought he did really good on that album when when things got really chill and he was able to just speak his mind. On this one, yeah, he doesn't really bring it as much. It's like, it would be too powerful if all of them shined at 100%. Like, it would be unbearable. It'd be way too much. So instead, it's like, well, you know, Joba's gonna bring some good shit, but we're gonna we're gonna rein him in a little bit. Merlin's gonna be there, we're gonna reel him in a little bit, but Bareface, we're gonna put him out there really strong. It's like they fucking they had to lower th- to make room for the other ones. Bareface, the fucking method man of this album. Yeah. <laughs> the like, fucking face. Like, are you talking on uh Saint Percy? Where it's a really dope instrumental and a real and I really like the beat. But then like verse wise, I like abstract and bareface. But then just Merlin Wood, just fucking murder man. Murder is like, yeah. oh, okay, what the fuck? <laughs> he just he just like bursts in the room and starts screaming. It's like, whoa, little, little okay. Random moments like that, I enjoy. <laughs> Need someone to hold me. It's like, oh my god, someone please hold him. 
It was on If You Pray Right, a song that I really liked. I love the fucking lazy, lounge and trap trombone. You feel like they're coming in on a fucking elephant, you know what I mean? <laughs> but then fucking Merlin Wood, he's like, if you want a feature, we can figure it out. Want a color for your album? We can figure we it can out. We can figure it out. What? What? Huh? Uh, although I did enjoy the the return of Break the Law on like two tracks. Remember, it was just like two separate tracks where I just randomly heard Break, break the, the Law, law. Break the yeah. Law. <laughs> they fucking really use samples well on this album. They didn't rely on them too much, but I thought they were really effective when they were used. There was one point where there was a song that was just like it just the song felt like it just stopped to play another song. From like the ninety, from like nineteen ninety seven or something like that. Yeah, that felt a little gratuitous. Where we're just like, where would, where did that come from? Sampled like a whole section of a song. I thought it worked in the context, but yeah, I I, I see what you're meaning there. It felt kind of Drakey. You know how he likes to oh. sample like, you know, other songs like uh, what was that fucking DMX song? You know, stop the drive, you shut him down. No, whatever the fuck's his it was. A couple tracks that weren't as impactful on me. Towards the end of the album, uh, Big Boy and Love Me For Life. Merlin Wood, I think, on the Love Me For Life song kind of threw that one off for me. I, I thought he kind of saved it. Like, I thought oh, really? I, I thought Abstract kind of didn't exactly hit. I really liked Joba's verse. And then Merlin was just kind of there as, like, the shot of adrenaline to, like, you know, be like, hey, like, snapping in your face to get your attention. Piss him off, piss him off, piss him off. Shit, I better piss him off. And he's saying all this, like, incendiary stuff, like, you know, uh, I'll shoot me a sheriff for Trayvon Martin, King Ali, and Bobby Marley. And then the chorus is, I wish you'd love me for life. Like, uh huh? What? How how, how do these things connect, guys? And I like Joba on Big Boy, too. Joba and Dom are, like, the two... Joba's singing. Joba, Dom, and Bareface are the absolute stars Mm -hmm. on this one. They definitely have the most. And then remember how before it was, like, Kevin Abstract was just like, man, it feels like he's the the one that's, like, really blowing it, you know, blowing it up. Yeah, he just kind of, like, sat back and let the dudes just kind of shine on this one, which I appreciated. Yeah, I love it. I I love that clean, whining synth on Love Me For Life, though. I I definitely thought that was fucking dope as shit. I I thought Abstract was good on Ginger. I really liked his uh, catchy chorus and his verse on that one. Um, But yeah, I don't really have him written down much. And I think I might have had the same critique of uh, Iridescence. That might just be, you know, there's a lot of guys in the group. They all gotta get their fucking shit in. And not always are they going to be complimentary you know like you can't have all of them in a track like i think there's only a couple tracks on here where all six or so people are on it normally it's only like four or something because otherwise it might just sound too cluttered yeah did you say you didn't like big boy as much that wasn't one of my favorites no i think that i think that might have been the song i gave the lowest rating to actually so yeah that hook was just weird where it's just like You're a big it, boy now. The, the delivery is so shy sounding, like it's like he's afraid to go say it too, you know, proudly into the mic. But the lyrics are about how confident he, he is, you know. You ain't shine like me. You ain't shine like me. You ain't shine like my cousin. You ain't shine like me. I, I did. I did like the you ain't shine like my cousin. But I'm just like, I, I mean, I don't know who your cousin is. But. <laughs> I mean, is that good? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm curious though to hear. I got a four. Solid four. I got a three and a half. Just fell short of that four. I think they were more uh, thematically and tonally consistent in, in this album, and uh, yeah. I enjoyed it more. Uh, which made little moments like this lyric I'm saying right here stand out, where it was like, you know, you get a what, what's the song? The last track, Victor Roberts. All these heartfelt lyrics about this very specific situation that he's describing to you, and then it's just like, you know, Mr. Policeman told Policeman we got to get what we need. Just let him be. And, you know, he's gone through this whole thing, and it's just like. And then Ryan Bates like, thank God for my bitch is still sticking with me. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. All right. I mean, I don't think that was the mood we were going for. <laughs> I still like that chorus, though, even if it didn't fit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's more Snoop Dogg, right? <laughs> you know, like, that, you know, they shout hell yeah for my vehicle. Living is a miracle. <laughs> now, we mentioned it for the past couple weeks about the changes the ch 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 changes changes starting in September, which it will be September by the time this episode goes up. Uh, we'll no longer be offering the uh, Patreon perk of offering a 
album review on the show, which is not to say we will not honor uh, past requests in that Patreon perk. We will, because it is still first come, first serve, and if you put in a request on Patreon in the past, you will still definitely get that. But going forward, the way people will have to put in their requests is at Kofi. KO-FI.com slash going off. G-O-I-N-O-F-F. It's simple. It's super simple, and it's a one-time uh, $50 uh, pledge to get your uh, request on the show. And I think what's so great about Kofi is that it charges you automatically. Like, you don't yeah, have to wait like, until the end of the month. Of the it's so much easier. I think any of the guesswork and confusion, especially the, oh no, I paid for more than one month and I didn't mean to. You're not going to run into that problem with Kofi because it works on a one-time basis. Now, we always end up honoring them. Like, I, I, I've been yeah. doing that. Like, when someone goes like, hey, I've accidentally been charged twice. Like, yeah, then you, know. you get two reviews, sure. But ideally, I don't think people mean... I don't think they go in yeah, no, no, no. wanting to spend that much, but they, they end up doing it. But yeah, no, then they get something out of it. that's not most of it. It's just like, you know, because you can cap out on Patreon. Um, right, yeah. But, but the good thing about, like, Patreon is for, like, if you want to do ongoing support. And I think Kofi is if you're just like, hey, I got a little change, boom, I want to throw it your way. Yeah, absolutely. Because because we both have our own uh, Kofis and uh, Patreons outside of this page that you could still uh, give money to if you want. My Kofi right now is specifically for, like, if people want to have, like, requests of, like, you know, personal reviews. Because some people have asked me, like, you know, for writing jobs and stuff like that. So you Oh, know, shit, okay. Hey, yeah, so, you know, if you want to hit me up there... You know, Kofi.com slash rap critic, you know. One last time, that's a ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F to request an album to be reviewed on the show. And until next week, for the Going Off podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. We can go driving in on my scooter. So, yeah.